to be here with you today. Um, special welcome to anyone new or visiting. Maybe you came along to the carols and you thought, you know, I'll come along on Sunday, check it out. Special welcome to you. I do want to let you know in advance that we are running probably about five to ten minutes behind today. But it's been excellent, hasn't it? Come on, it's been worth it. Like, I reckon the people out there pay big, big bucks for a service like this and um, to see some of the musicians and, uh, that God has gifted us with. And I'm going to do my best by the grace of God to be up to their standard today. We'll see how we go. But um, hey, I would love to update you on where Tash and I are at with um, our house stuff at the moment. I spoke last, uh, just, just under two months ago, and I shared with you that Tash and I just bought a house. And then two weeks ago, we've been in the house for two weeks now, um, Jeff shared a photo during the service of our move-in crew. We had about 20 people from Mill Park, our Mill Park family, come and help us move in. That was an absolute blessing. Thank you so much for your help. It's awesome to have your support. And goodness me, I tell you what, did we really need it and did we really appreciate it. Um, I've moved house twice now in my life. I lived in um, the house uh, I was born into uh, until I was married. And, and so, like, this is the second time I've moved house. We moved up here into a rental for the job uh, here at Mill Park, and then we moved when we bought a house. And um, I tell you what, like, moving house, like, the first time was a lot easier than the second time. Like, moving house can be really difficult, right? Like, when I moved the first time, it wasn't so bad because we were moving in uh, somewhere fresh. We had to buy, like, get a new fridge delivered and get a washing machine delivered and all that sort of stuff. Um, and we didn't have as much stuff. But the second time around, in the space of two years, it was a lot harder moving because we had more stuff we had to move, right? And then, you know, you've got to deal with all the utilities. You've got to move them across or get new ones. You know, you've got to, like, it was a rental, so we had to make sure it's clean so we can get our bond back. I'm still waiting on that email. I hope, like, fingers crossed, pray for me. I want our bond back. Um, that would be awesome, you know, because we bought, we had to deal with, like, solicitors and brokers to make sure that our settlement went through on time and effectively as well. So it's just a lot of new stuff, right? It's a lot of hard work. And it's stuff that I, like, I'm personally just not that familiar with. Like if it's an industry you work in, you may be familiar with it, but it's something that I'm not that familiar with. And it's always harder, right, uh, when we're doing things that we're just not that familiar with, things that we don't know well. As human beings, we're creatures of habit, aren't we? We like what we know and we know what we like. For me, one of those things is gardening, right? I've done a lot of training in it. I did my apprenticeship in the horticulture industry. Uh, I really enjoy it. I've spent so many hours doing it. Uh, it. It's pretty straightforward to me, pretty easy. I love playing soccer. I love watching soccer. I spend so many hours watching that and playing that that it's just become second nature to me. It's, it's super easy. Um, I mean, I'm still not very good at it, but like it's, it's easier to play the game. I understand it pretty well. You know, some people say that we're the most unaware of the things that are the most present. We're the most unaware of the things that are most present. You know, we're quick to know, aren't we, like particularly this week, we're quick to know when it's a really warm day or a really hot day or when it's a really cold day, but when the temperature's just about right, like we don't really comment on it, it's just like it's normal, it's just too familiar for us. We're acutely unaware of that stain in the kitchen or the scratch on the car, because it's just been there for so long, we've just gotten used to it, it's just become part of the furniture, right? You know, it's been really interesting getting used to like the new normal uh, of our new house. Um, one of the things that's new or different about this uh, new house is the side gates kind of like, it's, it's dropped. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? It's, the, like, it's really annoying, but like the bolt doesn't line up with the catch anymore. 
So that's really annoying. Um, you've got to kind of like grab it with one hand and like lift it up, and then you've got to squeeze your other hand through the hole and like try to hold it with one and then poke the latch through, and it's, it's really, really annoying to try to get that lined up. It's an absolute pain, but I'll tell you what. I'll take the dropped gate of the new house over the dropped toilet door at the rental. You know, it wasn't a problem for me, of course. It wasn't a problem for me because, like, I live there. Like, I'm familiar with it. It's second nature to me how to lock that toilet door. But when a guest comes over, you know, it's not really that ideal, is it? Because they don't know the toilet door as well as I do, you know. You just, like... Someone gets up and, you, you know, you want to warn them, but you don't always get the chance and they sit down in the toilet and then you just hear that, that click noise of the latch just like hasn't quite caught and it's just coming down and then that creak of the door, it's like, and the door's opening. And it was quite a long powder room too, right? So like, it's not like, you know, a lot of bathrooms, they're quite short and you can just close the door, like you can reach the door, but you're like sitting on it as far away, you're just like, oh, no, stop. Like you try, and you can't do anything about it. So I was like, oh, goodness me, like, Really, the gate, like, is not that bad compared to the toilet door, is it? Good grace. That was a lot of drama. Or my new shower, right? Like, my whole life, I've, I've always had a shower. And, like, I'm sure you guys would mostly agree with me. You can't, okay, so you open the shower door, and then on the side is, like, the shower head and the tap. So you turn it on, and the shower comes out. I don't know about you, but, like, I, I, I put my back to the shower. Um, and so, like, but in the new shower, you, you, the door's in the middle, and there's two shower heads on either side, a bit fancy, um, and there's, like, two taps in the middle. And so you go in, you turn it on, the water comes out from the side. So I'm standing here like this. Um, I like the right one. I don't know why. Um, and um, so I'm, like, in the shower, water's behind me, and, like, just second nature, my whole life, I'm like, all right, I'm done now. Go to turn it. Like, where's the... Like, I end up, like, chasing my tail like a dog, like I'm doing pirouettes in the shower, trying to find the tap because it's over there and I'm just not used to it. Like, it's in a different spot. I, w I wonder what are the things in your life that you are so familiar with? What are the things that you know so well that you almost forget they even exist? You know, you know you're comfortable when you're so happy and confident going through life about the way things are. Maybe for you, that's your drive home from work. Like some of you already know what I'm talking about. You've just had a long day. You're tired. You're a bit brain dead. You do this drive every day. Have you ever had an experience where you're driving home, you're like, did I just run a red light? Like, I don't even remember what color that light was. Or you're like, you know, how did I get here? Like, I don't even remember the last like two turns I made. Like we're so in the habit of doing something so familiar to us that we can't even remember how we got to where we are. Or maybe on the flip side of that, like what are the things in your life right now that require so much energy, those extra things that you're facing uh, that aren't normally there that take up so much of your attention? There's generally a bit of that, isn't there, for the Christmas season? Um, I dare say we're all feeling a little bit of that extra workload right now that's requiring a bit more energy, a bit more attention as we plan to do whatever we're doing for Christmas, as we host family or, or cook more food than we usually would or try to get things cleaned up or bought from the shops. It, it's, it requires a lot more effort. Today we continue our Christmas, uh, our December series, uh, Expectancy. And as we do, when we get super familiar with something, we begin to expect a certain thing to come with it. 
Today I'm going to speak to you on expect an abundant life. Doesn't that sound good? Does that sound good to you? Expect an abundant life? Does it sound like something you would like to expect? I could get familiar with an abundant life today. Can I get an amen? Come on. I want an abundant life. Join with me as I pray before we dive into the scriptures together. Hey God, we're so thankful for um, the reason for the season and that is um, that your son came down to earth. We're thankful that uh, we have this opportunity to know him, to learn from him and to learn about what we can expect um, for the reasons he came, God. So we pray that you'll teach us new things today, draw us closer to you, open our hearts to hear what you have to say, God. And we pray that as we go into this Wednesday, Christmas Day, uh, that we can go in with the right perspective, the right mindset about why we're here and, and what you came down to do. So we pray this in your name. Amen. I tell you what, I'm absolutely fired up for the Word of God today. I don't know what it is, but I reckon the Word of God is so good and I'm so excited to be sharing with you today. I'm reading from John 10, 1 to 10. And I'll be reading in the message, so if you want to open up and follow along in your Bibles or handheld devices, you can do so. Last time I spoke, I spoke on a parable, and I reckon like parables are stories, right? So it makes sense for us to read this in a, in a translation that we really understand. Let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. A sheep rustler cheeky little sheep rustler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow him because they are familiar. Can everyone say familiar? Because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Jesus told them this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about. So he tried again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. Sheep stealers, little sheep rustlers they are, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I love it. In the NIV, it says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. We see here just a snippet of why Jesus came down to earth as a baby so that we can expect an abundant life. Isn't that good? To know that this Christmas season, we are celebrating the arrival of Jesus who came to give us an abundant life. You know, I reckon I can sleep a whole lot better at night now. I, it's, it's true, I actually have been sleeping better in the new house, funny enough. But um, I can sleep a whole lot better in the new house because I know that if someone tries to get into the backyard through the gate, I'm going to hear them banging away on the outside. As I said earlier, the gate has dropped and so it's not going to be easy for someone to try to open it. I'm going to know if someone's trying to break into my property because they're just not familiar with it like I am. If they try to come through the side gate, I'm going to find out. To get in, they have to find another means. You know, Jesus said that He is the gate for the sheep. 
That means that only he allows movement in and out of the gate. If it doesn't come through the gate, it's not from him. I don't mean to get deep on you too quick today, but I have to wonder how many things in our lives are from Jesus? You know, I bet there'd be a few things in our lives right now, if we were to take an honest stock take, if we really looked at the way we live our lives and, and, and we made a list and we put them up next to each other of what we're doing and what he values, I dare say they wouldn't make the cut, they wouldn't match up. You know, he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Okay, like bad time for a Christmas joke. But seriously, it's true, isn't it? Like it's totally true. I know at times it's certainly true for me. Sometimes there are things in my life that like I just know that Jesus wouldn't be approving of. And we wonder why as followers of Jesus that our lives aren't full and abundant today or if if, if you wouldn't identify as a follower of Jesus... Maybe you're wondering similar things, you know, like, why, why is life so hard? Why is this such a struggle? Why can't I seem to find any decent rhythm in my life? And I think it's because we allow so many things to jump the fence. Too many sheep rustlers. They come into our lives and they distract us from the real purpose of why we're here. These things didn't come through the gate and they're not from Jesus. You know, we live in a world today where we're bombarded with different things that we have to do. You know, you have to get that ATAR, right? And you have, to, you have to get that car that's worth this amount of money so that you fit in. And you have to go and you have to go do some travel because you know to be, you know, you've got to be cultured and you have to go and explore your sexual identity because you never know what your gender is. But Wait, what, like, what does Jesus say about all this stuff? You know, my mission here today isn't to tell you what he says on such topics, but encourage you to grow more familiar with him so that you can find out. I think the more and more secularized our society becomes, the less and less we stop to ask the question, Well, what about Jesus? Did this come from him? Familiarity with Jesus is the only way to expect abundant life. Familiarity with Jesus is the only way to expect abundant life. All right, now, I'm just going to say what we're all thinking. It's all sitting in our heads right now. I'm, a, I'm sure it is. Didn't Pastor Kathy say just two weeks ago that we should expect difficulties and trials? How is it that you're here saying we can expect abundant life and difficulties and trials? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, guess what? I got news for you today. The two aren't mutually exclusive. With great risk comes great reward. And if we want to grow, there's naturally going to be a little bit of stretching, a little bit of pulling along the way. But Jesus said that I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Having a full life doesn't mean being protected from everything, but it does mean having someone to journey through life's challenges with. Having a full life doesn't mean being protected from everything, but it does mean having someone to journey through life's challenges with. You know, I remember growing up, um, I was kind of the slow eater in my family. Um, I have two sisters who can just like put food away like 
nothing else. I've never seen anything like it. I don't even know if they chew. It's just like, oh, it's gone. Um, and so, like, I, I had to learn pretty quickly that if I wanted to get food, I had to move, and I had to move fast in our house. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it was like for you growing up in your family. Um, maybe there was something in your house that your mum or dad liked to bake or cook that you just absolutely loved, and, like, it had that distinct smell or that aroma that, like, you'd come home from school, and it would just fill the house, and you could, like, as you sit there now, you can just smell it. You can just remember it. You're so familiar with it. You can almost taste it as you sit there. Well, my mum wasn't particularly a great cook, so that wasn't really my experience. Sorry, mum, if you're here or listening, I don't know, but um, might be getting cold for Christmas now, so it's not ideal. But, um, but what I recall from my time at home, it wasn't actually a smell, but it was a sound. I grew so accustomed to a packet of chips opening in our house. You know that sound where like the foil makes when you're like rustling it and then that, that, that pop and that puff of air as the packet opens, like, and that beautiful, that beautiful air fills the, the house. It doesn't matter where I was in the house or what I was doing, I hear that sound and I'm there, like I'm dropping what I'm doing, I'm running, I'm there to the packet of chips, I'm grabbing a handful, I'm taking the bag if I can. Because I'm just so familiar with that sound that, like, you can't open a packet in the house without me finding out. <laughs> you know, it says that that's what it's like with the sound of Jesus' voice as you follow Him. If you're in Jesus' flock and you follow Him, His voice is just so familiar to you that as soon as He steps through that gate and utters a single word, you know who it is. It sounds like someone you know pretty well. The other day, um, Dan and I were driving in the car and um, Tash gives me a call. Um, she must have knocked off from work. We like to call each other at the end of our work days and have a chat and just talk through the day. And I must have been driving, so I hand Dan the phone and, and he decides in that moment that he's going to play a prank on Tash and to try to, I don't know, like talk like me and say words that I say or something like that and, um, and, and try to trick Tash. But like, of course... Tash and I are married, we live together every single day. Like, she, she sees straight through it immediately. She knows my voice really, really well. As we follow Jesus, we don't just know His distinct voice in our lives, which help us differentiate from Him and from the rest of the world, but it also says that He knows us by name. Every individual here, He knows you by name. If you put a flock of sheep in front of me, I, I dare say, like, I'm not going to be able to tell a single one of them apart. And so, like, I can excuse God for, like, not being able to know the names of every one of the billions and billions of people that He's created over the years. But it says that He still knows you by name anyway. That's the God who you get to journey through life with. I wasn't planning to share this this morning, so it won't be up on the screen, but I was reading my, my Bible this morning during my quiet time, and this was the verse that I had today from Psalm 73, 23 to 25. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. It says He leads them. 
he goes ahead of them. That is to say that Jesus is guiding you. Every step of the way, he's there with you, helping you, teaching you, growing you, equipping you. But if he's leading you, that also means that he's already ahead of you which means there's nothing coming your way that you're about to face that he hasn't faced before and doesn't go past him first. So he's ready and he understands and he's able to help. Familiarity with Jesus is the only way to expect an abundant life. You know, as as a society, I think we are distracted. And the only way to overcome that distraction And reach an abundant life is in a deep relationship with Jesus. A deep and familiar relationship with Jesus. Only when we are familiar with Jesus can we possibly reach an abundant life. So what's it going to take for you to become more familiar with Jesus today? If you've never known this Jesus before there's going to be an opportunity for you to know him today. And maybe you do already know him, but perhaps not as well as what you'd like. Perhaps there are things coming into your life that aren't coming through the right way, the gate of Jesus. Perhaps like most of us, you have things or people jumping over the fence, rustling away at your life, trying to draw your attention away. What's it going to take for us to evaluate every situation through the gate of Jesus? Would he let this in? Familiarity with Jesus is the only way we can expect an abundant life. Friends, I need to be honest with you today. Um, You guys know me. I I spoke in the Christmas series last year as well, same time of the year. If you haven't heard this before, I'll tell you now. Everyone seems to know, it's pretty public knowledge, that I'm a bit of a Grinch. Uh, I don't like Christmas all that much. Because while everyone is out having a joyful time, buying heaps of gifts, eating too much food, having too much to drink, I can't help but look at the situation and go, "Is is this really what Jesus came down for? Would that get through the familiar gate of Jesus? Because I dare say that some of it wouldn't. Not all of it, but some of it. I may not love Christmas, but I tell you what, I love the birth of Jesus because familiarity with Jesus is the only way we can expect an abundant life. Guys, I want you to imagine with me for a moment, just imagine with me an abundant life where you're living your best life. Imagine with me for a moment a day where you're so focused on Jesus, so familiar with Him, you know Him so well that you know exactly what's right in front of you and whether it's from Him or whether it's jumped the fence of your life. Jesus is leading you, Jesus is guiding you, and He's leading you out to the pasture where the grass is greener. That is an abundant life. And I tell you what, friends, it's the kind of life that I want to live, an abundant, familiar, in step with Jesus and His will for my life and for yours. He wants that for you too. He wants it for you as well. But guys, we've got to get familiar. 
I don't know where you're at today. But every other day, and especially this Sunday, there's an opportunity for you to get more familiar with Him for the first time or again for the hundredth. Perhaps you want to draw close to Him and the abundant life that He has planned for you. Don't ever let these moments pass you by. I'm going to pray in a moment. The band's going to come up. And as the band does so, the pastors and elders, they're going to be available down the front in a moment. You're going to stand to your feet to sing. There's going to be plenty of movement in this auditorium. And I tell you what, it's the perfect time for you to take that defining step closer to Him. As everyone else is around you is taking steps to do what they need to do, you too can take that defining step closer to Him, closer to an abundant life as you follow Him. Perhaps Jesus is calling you to step out and step through that gate this morning. Hey, let me pray. God, we thank you that you came to give us an abundant life, God. Thank you that you have You've made that clear to us this morning. That's what you came for, to give us life and to give it to the full. God, we want that for ourselves this morning and we want that for our friends. We want that for our family. We want that for our loved ones, God. But we know that the only way to achieve it, Jesus, is through a familiar relationship with you. So God, draw us closer to you. Thank you that you want to know us. Thank you that you keep drawing us in, God. Give us the courage to step out, the courage to receive prayer, the courage to want to know you more because we know that as we're familiar with you, your abundant life follows, God. Help us to take that not only for ourselves, but to give it to our friends and our families this Christmas, God. Help us to walk into Christmas Day knowing that abundant life is through you, through your birth, and we can share that with our friends and family, God. We thank you for how good you are. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen.